Welcome to the Sunday Message Podcast of Bethany Church in Fresno, California. We hope this message will encourage and equip you as you grow in the grace and knowledge of Jesus Christ. If today's message helps you, share it with a friend. If you would like to know more about the ministry of Bethany Church, please reach out on Facebook or at BethanyChurchFresno.com. And now, here's this week's message. Well, hey, uh, speaking of another little, just a quick little, uh, just a, kind of a reminder of why we're doing what we're doing um, there are really three areas of focus for this season of ministry. It's three words. It's equip, it's engage, and it's expand. And the idea is, is that we want to equip the next generation uh, for ministry. That means giving them the tools and the opportunities. And I don't know if you saw it or not, but we had a lot of the next generation on stage this weekend. Did you notice that, everyone? And that is a sign of a healthy church that is, that is um, excited to be seeing new faces and to be seeing this next generation not only going to mom and dad's church, but they're part of their church. Um, my daughter was supposed to be here this morning playing keys, but she, she got sick. And so that's why we didn't have a keyboard player this weekend. But, uh, but all that being said, we're, we're thankful um, that we have a next generation that we're equipping for the work of ministry. The second one is kind of what we talked about this morning. We're wanting to engage our community in greater community with each other. And I do realize, friends, that that's going to take a risk for some of you. For some of you, that means that you're going to be breaking outside of your comfort zone. You, you know, you kind of got your little comfortable little holy huddle uh, and and you feel comfortable like us for no more but we really want to engage more people and you guys have been so gracious for the newer people that have been coming to our church but I want to encourage you to continue to do it um, and then also this idea of expanding beyond the walls of our church and and we'll continue to be talking about what that looks like but as a reminder right after our time of worship together this morning we have a new ministry that we're getting ready to kick off in about a week and a half called 21 pathways. We have an informational meeting that's going to be happening uh, in the fellowship hall uh, right after service. Uh, Brian and Kristen are going to be there. We'll be sharing the heart behind wanting to create this ministry, this support group for Bethany Church, where, where it is for those of us those of myself included who don't have it all together. Show of hands. How many of y'all don't have it together? Can I see your hands, right? See, that's the situation. A lot of times we think that we got to have it all together. We got to clean up, got to sober up to come to church. But what we want to say is, is no, we can come as we are, encounter Christ and leave changed. Amen, church. And so we want to be able to do that and create a safe place to do that. And we're going to be sharing a little bit more of the heart behind that and why we're doing that right after our service. So if you can stick around for a couple of minutes, I think Kristen's even bribing you some snacks, right? Is that true? All right, good. I wanted to double check on that. So that would be great. Hey, uh, last weekend, um, I wasn't here. Um, uh, I missed out on our Chinese church celebration. That was a lot of fun. Uh, but I was in Flagstaff, Arizona. I got a couple pictures. If we're not friends on Facebook, but my son Blake got married last weekend. Um, and uh, so that's his beautiful bride, Bella, um, and my beautiful bride, Amy. There, oh, she's making me cry right now. All right, so uh, um, yeah. I'm not going to look towards Amy right now. All right, so, uh, um, but yeah, we had the opportunity to, uh, yeah, doggone it. Why are you crying? I thought we got that all out of our way last weekend. 
I thought it was the elevation, you know, but uh, I will tell you, um, uh, I, I officiated, a, uh, uh, I almost said a funeral, but a wedding last night, so sort of the same thing, but uh, 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 at, at uh, Wonder Valley Ranch and the, and the groom was there and man, he started crying and, and I learned a trick last weekend in Flagstaff, the makeup artist told all the gals, if you're going to cry, just start wiggling your toes and you won't cry. So I'm like, so anyway, so I'm literally feverishly wiggling my toes right now. I want you guys to know that. But all that being said, so thankful that we had that opportunity uh, to celebrate uh, in addition to our family. And Bruce, thank you for doing such a great job with your message. I really do appreciate it. Let's give it for Pastor Bruce for his message as well. Thank you for that. Hey, if you have your Bibles, I'd love to have you turn with me to the book of Ephesians. You guys already know the drill. We are walking through the, 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 the book of Ephesians. We're, 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 we've broken it into three different chunks. And the three different chunks um, are this idea that we are, we're, we are seated under Christ. This idea that, that we're seated, that we're walking in unity. And that in chapter 6, that we're standing against the opposition of the enemy, and we're we're in this walking part in chapter five, um, and uh, and this weekend's message is going to be Ephesians chapter five, verses eight to fourteen. So on your message notes in your bulletin, I have the scripture for you. But if you would also, I'd love to have you grab your own Bibles if you have those, and I'd love to have you follow along with me as we open up God's Word. If you would, let's take a look at it. Next slide. Here we go. For you were once darkness, that's interesting to read it that way, but that's exactly how it's translated. But now you are light in the Lord. Live as children of light. For the fruit of the light consists in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. And find out what pleases the Lord. Have nothing to do with the fruitful, fruitless deeds of darkness, but rather expose them. It is shameful even to mention what the disobedient do in secret. But everything exposed by the light becomes visible and everything that is illuminated becomes a light. This is why it says, wake up sleeper, rise from the dead and Christ will shine on you. Would you join me in prayer, church? Let's pray. So it's our prayer this morning that we would be the light. Jesus, you were the light. Would you enlighten us by the truth of your word to walk in the light. I'm thinking about the darkness of this world, specifically the events that are happening in Israel right now, what's happening in the Gaza and the war that's breaking out there. We pray for shalom, the peace of God to transcend understanding. We pray supernaturally, God, that your will would be done in this situation that looks completely beyond repair. God, you are a redemptive God. And we believe that you can cause all things to work together for the good. So would you, in a way that can only be seen as miraculous, would you intervene in that situation? We believe that you can and you will do that. For your purposes, though, we pray in Christ's name. Amen. 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 Hey, there is a spiritual metaphor that we're working with today. And it's this idea of darkness and light. The, there's this idea um, of, of an object. So metaphors are very common in the teachings of Jesus especially. Jesus will use um, like a metaphor like a seed or soil or fruit or a vine. Uh, and today, this idea is going to be the idea of darkness and light. And just to kind of just break it out, this is not going to be a shock to any of you, but darkness is evil. 
Darkness would be the devil's bidding. Whereas the opposite of darkness would be what, everyone? Would be light. And where light would be the light of Christ. Or it would be holiness or godliness. And Jesus calls himself the light. Now, I know you know this most likely, but Jesus in John 8, 12 says, I am the, what everyone, the, the light. And that's what he, that's what he says. And he was the light. And he would go on to say, and whoever follows me will never walk in darkness. So Jesus was the light. But listen closely. He said, not only am I the light, but what everyone, but you are the light. We are the light. In Matthew, uh, Jesus said that you are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do the people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on a stand so that everyone can see. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see the Father and the good deeds. And so there's this idea, church, where whether you knew it or not, you have been called to be the light. You have been called to walk in this world as children of the light. Does that make sense? And the disciples were light bearers. And this whole idea that Jesus is saying is like a, like a city on a hill. They're referring to Jerusalem. And Jerusalem would have been that city and the, the, the light. They would have had these, these oil and these, 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 um, torches and these flames and this, and the, the beautiful white stone at night would have lit up. And, and you would be able to see because it was on this mountain, Mount Moriah, and you could see the city of Jerusalem for miles and miles. And the idea there was that there's going to be this reflection of something greater than itself. And that's this idea that we have as followers of Christ is that we are image bearers. We are the reflection of Christ in this world. Does that make sense, everybody? So going back to what Paul is writing, Paul's writing to this church. He's talking about this idea of walking out their faith in the light. There's three observations that I wanted to make. Number one, if you're taking your notes, if you would fill this in, is that light displays our fruit. That light displays our fruit. Now, I don't know much about the creation of food or fruit, but what I do know is simply this, is that light is essential for something to grow. Do you guys agree with me on that? It's essential. And and I don't know a whole lot. I didn't do super great um, in, in a lot of my science classes, but there is this word and it's called photosynthesis, right? I can't even say it correctly, but photosynthesis. It's this idea that, that where, where, where the light causes growth. And so on the flip side is that we cannot grow, nothing will grow without light. So in our scripture today, um, in verse 9, it says that the fruit of the light is goodness, righteousness, and truth. And so what I wanted to do is quickly go through those, and I wanted to unpack where this comes from. First of all, number one on your notes, write it down, goodness. This idea of goodness is very important, and here's why. Because on our own, we're not good, Amen. Ooh, on our own, we're not good. Amen? Amen. But only God is good. Scripture says that every good and perfect gift comes from the Father above. And so on our own, we're actually, we're bad. Um, but what Christ has done is that His goodness has invaded our hearts and it is His goodness through us that allows us to do good things. Does that make sense to everyone? So there's this phrase, maybe you've heard it before, is this idea of darkness. And, and, and the, the, the idea of, like, oh, well, that's, that's my dark side. And friends, I just need you to know that, that Paul would say, dark side is not an option. 
We should not have a dark side. We should be image bearers of Christ. And so when we are, when we're acting on the goodness of God, listen closely, we're not trying harder. We're not trying to be good because on our own, we're not capable of doing good things. But Christ in us is what makes us good. Amen, church. And that is called righteousness. If you would write that down. Righteousness is being in right standing with God. And so it is the goodness of God when we were when we are enemies with God, that He did this internal thing within us and that what was bad became good, what was dark became light, and that we became the righteousness of God and we began the ability to live righteously. I want to remind you something. Righteousness is not what we do. Righteousness is who we are because of who we are in Christ. On our own, are we righteous? No. But in Christ... We have been made right. And that is good news. Amen, church. And then the last one is truth. If you would, write that down. And in our culture, truth is currently on the auction block. And so what I want you to know is, is that we've been called to not only speak the truth, but we've been called to live the truth. I want to remind you that there is really only one truth source, and it's Scripture, and there's only one truthful person, and it's Jesus. And Jesus said, I am the way, the what, the truth and the life. And no one comes to the Father except through me. I need you to know that that is becoming hate speech in our culture today. But it is still true. Just because culture disagrees doesn't mean that it is not true. And it is a part of the light of the fruitfulness of what it means to be a disciple of Jesus. So how do we become image bearers of the light. How do we walk in the light? Well, here's, here's the simple answer. We need to make sure that we're in the light. So let me give you an example here. Um, I've got a watch here. This watch was given to me by my wife and, and I love this watch and what it has. And I didn't realize it until uh, a little bit ago, but, um, it actually has on the different hours. Uh, it has these things that illuminate at night. So maybe you have a watch like that or you have something like that, that when it's in direct sunlight uh, at night, when it's dark, it, you can see what time it is. Have you guys ever had a watch like that before? It's actually a pretty cool watch. Um, super practical and helpful. Unless your watch hasn't been in proximity to light. And then all of a sudden, it's kind of useless. It looks cool in the light, but at night you can't even find it. The truth is, is that this is a metaphor That Jesus would have used and he would have said for you to be righteous, for you to live in the truth, for you to have goodness in your life, you need to be in proximity to what everyone, the light and the light. These are these light habits that we have are called disciplines. I know we love the word disciplines, but by the way, it is the root word of disciple and a disciple does things like comes to church on Sunday. A disciple reads their word, prays. A disciple shares their faith, gives, serves. That's what disciples do. You know what disciples also do? They deal with their stuff in places like 21 Pathways. That is what it means to be in the light. Notice what Jesus said right here, John 15, verse 8. This is to my Father's glory that you would bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. By the way, 
Father's glory, what is that? That's called light. Think about it. Remember somebody that went up on top of a mountain, had a little interaction with God, and God gave them the ten suggestions? No. The ten what? Commandments. The truth. And do you remember what his face looked like when he returned? Just bright light. Because he came into the glory of God. Church, what would it look like for us to leave here today with the glory of God just beaming from us for the world to see? That is the image that I believe that we need to leave here with today as we're learning to walk in the light. Is that good news? Is that a challenge? Okay, here's the, here's, here's the good news. Now here's the bad news. Write this one. Number two is that light reveals our sin. Not, it, it does reveal our sin. Um, verse 11 says, Have nothing to do with the fruitless deeds of darkness, but rather expose them. See, the Bible refers to darkness as sin and sin as darkness. Um, I want to remind you in Ephesians chapter 6, as we're going to learn here in a couple of weeks, um, one of the names of the devil was the prince of what? Darkness. And you thought it was Ozzy Osbourne, but it's not. It's actually <laughs> the devil and he is the prince of darkness. And there's this unique phrase that says here in your scriptures, the fruitless deeds of darkness. What does that mean? The fruitless deeds of darkness. Well, it means that it's not of God. It's not as a result of the light. And we see the fruitless deeds of darkness on display on a regular basis. And it's called a broken and sinful world. And so what do we do with that? Well, we do two things. If you're taking notes, write down number one is that we just refuse to sin. We, we just refuse to do it. We're just like, not today, Satan. We're just not going to do that today. You see, we are tempted to act on our sinful nature on a regular basis. But I need you to know that, that we do not have to sin. A lot of times we think, well, I, I am, I am powerless to it. I cannot control it. And though that might be true before Christ, I need you to know that when you give your life to Jesus Christ, he's given you the Holy Spirit and the same Holy Spirit that resurrected Jesus Christ from the dead is alive in you right now. And so what we have the opportunity to do, church, is to grow in the light, to walk in the light. Now, nobody said that we have to walk perfectly. Jesus took care of that. And that's good news. Amen. But he also got killed for it. He died for it. And so, but what we do know by the life and teachings of Jesus, that it is possible to say no to the temptation of sin. And so a part of being an image bearer is a willingness to say, you know what? I refuse to sin. You know, there, this idea of being in the darkness. Sometimes we're, we're, we're in such the darkness that we, we forget where we are and what's going on. Last week, um, we, uh, for, for a couple of days when we were in Flagstaff where our son got married, we were in a VRBO, vacation rental by owners. You guys heard of those before? And it's cool house and the wedding party all got to stay together. And in Flagstaff, it's at like elevation. It's like 6,000 feet in the air. It's pretty high up there. And, and you're up there and it is dark. It is quiet. So for those of us that live in the city where we kind of have grown to just kind of accept the hums of like, you know, helicopters flying over our heads and, you know, 
like motorcycles and gunfire, things like that. Um, uh, when you're in a, when you're in the mountains and you're far away and it's dark, it's just, it's almost like you can hear your heart beating. And it's, it's awesome and scary. I walked, I woke up the first night, um, and I didn't know where I was. Have you ever done that before? Where you're in a hotel, you're like, where in the world am I? What am I doing? And it was so dark that my eyes, I, 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 they had not adjusted to the darkness. So I had to make my way, navigate my way from the bed to the restroom. And let me just tell you, it took a couple of minutes to get there. Because I had become accustomed to the dark. Now, now, now follow with me with the metaphor here. It's possible for believers to become accustomed to the darkness of this world. We get lost. We're trying to navigate where we are to where we need to go. And, and we, can, we can wind up in some really silly, crazy, dangerous places. Do you know what I'm talking about? Maybe this doesn't apply to you, Bethany Church. Maybe it's the other churches. But I do think that what we need to be reminded of is the fact that we do live in a broken world. And what we need to do is we need to realize that, that when, we're, when we're attempting to walk in the light, there's always going to be a temptation to settle for the darkness. And there's part of us where we just have to be willing to say is no. By the power of Christ and the blood of the Lamb, no. There's power in the name of Jesus. Do you believe that, church? Number two, then, is that we need to renounce sin. We just need to say no. Like we're we're exposing uh, sin in the darkness, but we need to be willing to just say we're not going to allow this to happen. We, We just renounce it. And I, as I alluded to earlier, it is becoming now um, where when we renounce it, when we refuse to do it, we're, we're now being, as Christians, we're being labeled as intolerant, bigots, and it's called hate speech. And there will be times in, in the future, mark my words, that for you to renounce sin or call something a sin, you will get arrested for. You'll be put in jail for. And so Bethany Church, I want to... I want to let you guys know if that's the case, I hope that you'll take a collection and bail me out of jail because that's where I'm going to be because I will not refuse to speak the truth of Jesus Christ. I'm just letting you know, I just, that'd be a good time for you guys to clap because I don't want to go to jail, everybody, for too long, right? And I'm telling you, friends, the reason why I know know this to be true is because the Apostle Paul is writing these words from where? Jail. (laughs) He's in jail. For the gospel. And so for some of us, we're like, oh my gosh, can you believe how bad it is? Yeah, Paul could. He was in prison for what he believed. Would you be willing to go to prison for what you believe? That's just what's right there. Um, you know, this idea of light. Um, you know, a lot of things we take for granted. Well, promise you, last Flagstaff story. So Amy and I made our way to the Costco in Flagstaff. And the, the lights there were very, very different. Um, they were a different color and come to find out they were, um, they, they wanted it so there wasn't going to be what's called like light pollution. Have you guys heard of this idea of light pollution? And so they were different colored and it's just weird. Um, but I, it got me going down the road of like this whole idea of like outdoor lighting because there's like none of it in Flagstaff. And I learned something. I learned that it was actually Benjamin Franklin invented the street light. Did you know that? That he was just in Philadelphia. And he realized, I can't see outside. So what he did is he actually took a torch and he took, he took a canister and he lit a light. And it illuminated the pathway in front of his house so people would not trip and fall when they came and visited him. Other people saw that 
and thought it was such a good idea that they started to do it as well. And voila, we now have lights all over because Benjamin Franklin had an idea and it caught on. And I, and I don't know if you knew that or not, but that's actually how street lights became a thing. And when I, when I think about those three words that we're wanting to focus in on, especially this idea of expanding beyond the walls of our church, this idea that we would be image bearers who are walking out the light in our community, I just thought, you know what? We've never been called to be stationary. We've been called to be a part of the movement of God. Do you believe that, church? And so I just thought to myself, what would it be like if we could take this light and we could just be these image bearers to this world. What a difference it would make. And that's what it's going to take. It's not going to take a Bethany for us to sit around here and say, hey, why isn't anybody coming here? But rather, listen up, it's going to take us going into the world and taking the light to a dark world. Do you guys hear what I'm saying? Number three, if you would write this down, and this is where it's going to get fun, is that light wakes up the sleeper. Now, that's good. You know why? Because there's at least three of you that are sleeping right now. And I just need for you to wake up. Wake up. Here's a, here's a physical reality of this idea. Is that for most of us who don't work swing shifts and all of that, we sleep when it's dark and we wake up when it's light. And so there's this whole idea that light wakes up a sleeper. Um, but there is a metaphor here, and a metaphor is a deeper spiritual meaning that Paul's trying to write here. And it's this idea that when we are spiritually sleeping, we're actually in the dark. Let me read Paul as he wrote to the church in Rome. Listen to what he says right here. He says, and do this understanding the present time that the hour has come for you to what everyone? Wake up from what everyone? Your slumber because our salvation is nearer now than when we first believed. He goes on to say that the night, which is darkness, is nearly over, but the day, which is what? Light, is almost here. So let us put aside the deeds of what? Darkness and put on the armor of what? Light. So there's this metaphor of light and dark. And so what does that look like for us? It means as Christians, we need to wake up. If you would write this down, we need to wake up. We need to wake up to the times that are happening right now. That's what it says in verse 11. We need to wake up to this idea of understanding our present times. You have to be literally living under a rock right now for you not to realize that we're living in crazy times. Have you seen the news? Have you been watching the internet? Have you been seeing all the gnarly, crazy things that are going on right now? We need to not put our head in the sand, not only globally, but also uh, locally. We cannot do that because when we stick our head in the ground and we refuse to acknowledge it, what we're doing is we are blinding ourselves by fear. But friends, we have Christ in us and we have been called to walk by what? Fear or by faith? See, faith walks, fear crumbles. And I refuse to be afraid because Christ is with us, because God is good and we are the righteousness of God. And that is the truth. Amen, church. So we need to, as Christians, we need to wake up to the times. Families, if you would write this down, we need to wake up to the warfare that is going against the onslaught of the family. 
Our culture does not want your family to succeed. Um, our culture wants to attack marriages. The devil loves divorce. The, the, the craziness of our schedules, the busyness of what's happening in our culture. And I just want you to know we need to wake up to the fact that in any civilization, that when they begin to attack the family, the society erodes. So as Christians, what we've been called to do is we've been called to be the light in our communities. Not to be perfect, because Jesus took care of that. But we have been called to live out the light. And then finally, number three, if you would write this down, churches uh, that we would really wake up to the urgency of what's happening in our world right now. I kind of thought a little bit about what, what might be fun right now is to have one of our folks like pull the fire alarm for you guys all and wake you guys up to that. But then, I, uh, please don't. Uh, <laughs> um, but I thought I wanted to come to work tomorrow. So you know what I mean? I probably wouldn't want to do that. But there is a sense that, and we, we intentionally did some things different this morning because we wanted to mix it up. We moved the meet and greet in a different spot. Uh, we did some things differently with the lyrics. We, we, we did the, we, we, we did things different. Like Christy didn't have an instrument in her hand the entire time. And some of you are like, oh, I'm very uncomfortable with that. That's different. Guys, those are just preferences. Those are just, those are, those are not eternal purposes. You hear what I'm saying? And sometimes we get so caught up in the silly stuff that we miss out on the fact that there are people that are dying and going to hell. They're walking blindly in the darkness. But we have been called to be image bearers of God. We've been called to be the righteousness of God, not because we are right, but because He is right and He makes us righteous. We've been called to be the goodness of God, not because we are good, but because He is good and every good and perfect thing comes from Him. Amen, church? And we have been called to be the truth. Why? Because Jesus was the truth. He was the way. He was the truth. And it is only in Him where we will find life. Do you believe that, church? I'm going to have the band come up at this time as we close out our time. There was this event that happened yesterday. Amy and I were... Um, we were watching TV or eating breakfast, was it? A late breakfast? I don't even remember. But all of a sudden, I'm like, man, it looks like it's going to rain outside right now. Come to find out that there was, I'm just going to call it a solar event. You guys notice that? I don't know what it was, but all of a sudden, it was like, Jesus, are you coming right now? Right? I didn't know what it was. But what I know was is that there was a spot where I, the sun wasn't as bright because some things like, Shifted and changed. But then I saw last night the moon was bright again. And I don't know a whole lot about astronomy. But what I do know is that the, that the, that the sun is going to be the source that is going to make it possible for me to see the moon. Do you, do you know that to be true? Right? The, the moon doesn't um, have the ability to light up. But the sun reflects off of that moon and then we can see the moon in the darkness. Friends, on your own, you're a moon. You're dark. You do not have an an admitting source. But when you allow your life to reflect Jesus and His glory, people begin to say, wow, (laughs) I, 
There's something different about him. There's something different about them. There's something different about that family. There's something different about that church. There's something different happening. And I want to know more. And friends, that's what it's all about. Walking in the light. We live in a dark world. We don't need to be afraid. We, we, don't, we don't need to shirk. We don't need to hide. We, we, we don't need to cover it up. We can proudly say of who we are in Christ. We're accepted. We're secure. We're significant. We can sit in our identity in Christ. We can walk in the unity in the light. And then in chapter 6, we can stand in victory because of who Christ is. That is good news, church. Amen. Thanks for listening. Know that God loves you more than you can imagine. And for everything Bethany Church, check out BethanyChurchFresno.com. Thank you.